Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlosita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my beautiful co-host, Mina Kunlo-Sitep. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. So today, we are so excited to bring you an on-air coaching call. We have Lauren Kopal from Navy Jane with us, and Lauren has worked with us for probably about the past year. She's worked with me for coaching, and she's been in the Product Boss group coaching program, as well as in our Facebook community. So Lauren is just an all-time favorite client, and we're so excited to bring her to you because she is just growing her business, and with growth are changes, and we want her to um, share her changes with you all. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Jacqueline. Hi, Mina. Hey, Lauren. Thanks for having me. Of course. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast. Um, so Lauren, we would love to know about your background. So, um, tell us what you did and how you ended up starting Navy Jane, which is a plus size clothing line. Um, well, actually I'm a nurse, so I am a nurse and I ended up getting cancer and it really prompted me to start Navy Jane. And when I got better, I felt like I had to do something for myself and I wasn't able to find some of the clothes that I wanted, um, having gained weight as a nurse. And Navy Jane had two, there were two things that inspired me. One was I wanted to build a company and I had always wanted to do that. And then, so having cancer, it's, I, I just said, it's time. The other thing, is that I wanted to feel good. I wanted to feel better about myself. And in doing that, I wanted to get back to a healthier lifestyle. And Navy Jane, I always believe that if you look good and you feel good in what you wear, then you make better choices. So that's really what prompted me to start Navy Jane. Amazing. Um, Yeah, I think we all come up at some point in our lives, not always as, as extreme as, you know, having cancer and, and being sick. But at, when I talk to clients about starting businesses, I'm always like, what will you look back on your life and regret doing or not doing? And so sometimes it's these life altering changes that like really push you in a direction that going from a nurse to a fashion designer with a beautiful clothing line probably was never in your mind when you were in nursing school. It wasn't. And as a matter of fact, but you, you mentioned something that is exactly what I thought was, what do I not want to regret? Mm-hmm. And that was really, that was something that really sprung me forward in doing this. But you're right. I never dreamed I'd become a fashion designer. And I do love, I think having had a career before, um, even though my knowledge is limited, I think it brings a totally different perspective to designing. and 
I just like that. I, um, I really do like that. And I do, but I do find it funny sometimes prior to working with you, I was working with someone else who, you know, dropped a lot of big fashion names and I had no idea who they were. So it was actually kind of funny to, you know, not know and sort of be now a designer. Um, but I really do, I really do love it. And I'm so excited to be a part of it and to be working with you all. So when Lauren found us, actually, um, Jacqueline and myself at the Product Boss, and actually Jacqueline before the Product Boss, right? Um, she had already produced the line, right? The uh, Navy Jane, you had already produced it. So can you kind of talk about that and kind of um, where were you at? And then also, I find it so impressive that you you basically figured it out by yourself, you know, and you found a factory, you get it, you got it manufactured, you figured out the designs that you wanted. Can you talk a little bit about that too? So um, to start with the designs, I actually really just made what I wanted. <laughs> I made what I liked and I was like, I just really designed it based on the things that I wanted. Um, so what I did is, you know, I liked a particular collar and I put it onto a dress and you know, I, I made many mistakes, but um, I found a factory in Peru. Um, when I was working with someone else, they put me in touch with someone in Peru. I met them. And um, what we did is I would send a collar and I would send a dress and he would put the dress. He made the dress and sent it to me. And that's how we got our samples. And then I chose the colors I chose the colors and again, it was really based on things that I, you know, wanted for myself. Uh, we did a photo shoot uh, and, you know, listen, I make it sound very easy, but it was very stressful. Um, it was such a fun day to have the first photo shoot. I, of course, you know, I treated it like a nursing event. So I bought food, I bought all this stuff. And um, I have two wonderful models I work with. We had a nice stylist that we work with as well, a great photographer. And we just had a wonderful day with it. Um, but, you know, I didn't know what to do with myself. So they kind of laughed because I was walking around with soda and drink, you know, filling drinks and everything. Um, but, you know, the, I think our biggest struggle has been, you know, the easy part is designing. The easy part is getting the samples. The hardest part and our biggest struggle has been the sales. I have done some trade shows. Uh, those have not been as uh, worthwhile and they're very, very expensive. So we're having challenges in finding the right spot retail wise to sell. We are in a wonderful uh, store in Kentucky called the Sturdy Hinge and they're our best client. And they're plus size, and they also do a little bit of maternity. But we have other clients, but they are regular size into plus size. And I think we really want to find more sticking with that niche of plus size. So that's been one of our challenges in finding the venues for sales. We are so also online. So to jump in really quick about that, and just so our listeners know, Lauren was, I mean, again, her designs, if you go to shopnavyjane.com, are beautiful. And as a designer, I was impressed when I met her. Um, but she manufactures in Peru, and so she imports. And so you had to actually buy into minimums, right? 
So before you had, um, before you had had sales, you actually went into production and you were sitting on product prior to ever having proof of sales versus other people will do a sample collection, not other people, but other types of models would be they'd create a sample collection, they'd go to market, they'd sell it against the samples, they'd take purchase orders, and then they would go into production against the purchase orders, meaning you're only going into production on what you know you've sold. So the struggle here is that you were sitting on about, you were initially sitting on about 2,500 pieces. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe what you're saying now is a struggle is because Lauren, you've sold to boutiques, you've sold online, you've sold on Zulily. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now what it is, it's that you are back in the season, you're in spring, summer, we're back in the season because your collection is resort wear currently. And um, it's trying to figure out how to sell through the current inventory that you have. Correct. So what's been working for you for sales? Well, I think that um, the website actually works, except we're not well known enough. So I think that's been a struggle is we're just not out there enough. Um, But I do feel good about our website. It's just getting out there and letting people know who we are. Now, right now we are sales. Um, I'm sorry, right now we are in resort, but we plan to go into fall and we're kind of going to move away from resort. We're going to really make it more of a broad, um, you know, of course, a nautical flair. I love nautical, but we're going to really move away from just resort. We want to become a little more mainstream. So that's one thing that we're going to do. But our website has been really lovely and working well. It's just we need to get our name out there. Uh, and then of course, Zulily was a wonderful experience. They loved it. We loved it. So that's going to be another avenue that we're going to pursue in the future that will build into our sales model. So right now, um, we have a wonderful store again, the Sturdy Hinge in Owsboro, Kentucky, that we just love working with. And we have our online sales. We also have Zulily. We are also making, um, formulating more relationships with other stores, but, and we've been in other stores, but I would say that, you know, we don't have it down to where we want it to be. We, we really don't have it secured into the, into the place I envision it. So you had a sale on Zulily already. How many pieces did you sell on that sale? We sold a hundred pieces. And what day did it release? What was, do it you a mean was it a oh, Monday? Was it a Monday or a Saturday? I think it was um, a Saturday, if my memory is good on I, this. I have to tell you, I don't know. Um, it was interesting, though, because I will tell you, I think we could have done a lot better. And that was, we didn't have the proper sizing for the photographs. So I think if we were to do photographs and give them, because the pieces that did well were the ones that they used that were ours. And we really went through those. So I think that going forward, I think that having the proper photograph size right will be important. What they did is they took photographs and their, their photographs were okay. I don't think they were great. It's not, it's not that they weren't great photos. It's that they were on regular size or typical size models. So one thing that Lauren has realized in working is that basically she has beautiful, and we talked about this in our, um, 
our episode about photography. But she has beautiful photos on plus size models with beautiful backgrounds because it is a sort of nautical inspired collection. But she didn't have the catalog shots. So the plus size model, let's say in front of the white or gray background that you would typically buy from on an online store. And so when you created this relationship with Zulily, they had wanted that type of background. And because you didn't necessarily have it, they did their own photos. And plus size models are probably not what they current always have in their offices because other online places, they'll have a model sort of on call and they just shoot, shoot, shoot product. Um, and so they took the photos on a, on a typical size model, which is harder to sell to plus size when you're seeing it on a typical, typical size model. It's kind of like the anti of what, why you started this collection, right? That it was plus size worn on plus size women look beautiful in their shape and size. Mm -hmm. So I would say that would probably be, that was, you feel like that was a a factor into why maybe the sale wasn't more successful on certain styles. I do think that. I I do think that. And um, I just think that our photos had a totally different quality to them. Um, You know, and our models, you know, had a different feel in them. So I think that came through in the photos, but I will say I'm very excited to do another one. Yeah. And, um, it was a great experience. So Mina that, has some ideas for you on that. Yeah. I think you should totally lean into the Zulily thing. I think that a hundred sales is great, especially if it was put on a wrong size model and people were still buying. I think it's a lot easier to sell on a platform that you validated that you can make sales on rather than going a different route that did not work, like the trade shows or these mm-hmm. pop-up events or even the boutiques, right? The boutiques require a little bit of harder work than Zulily event. Zulily event is pretty hard, but it's just a matter of getting that spreadsheet right, getting your inventory and getting your photos, and then making sure you ship out on that first day and then, you know, on the second day. So I think that with Zulily, you should keep track of your days that you are selling. So then if it's a Monday or whatever, you should... I always strive for the weekdays. People don't tend to buy online from me, at least my product on the weekends because they're busy doing stuff. So Mm -hmm. that might be different for plus size. You'll have to figure out what your day is. Um, Mine are always Mondays and Tuesdays. So I always try to get those days, Um, especially since you're in such a specific niche of, you know, plus size, you might be able to say, Hey, can I be on a Monday or Tuesday? And can Mm -hmm. we create an event for that? Um, Also, I think you should use them for market research. So since you know, things are selling, since you're trying to get away from nautical, it could be nautical casual or something like that. So their boutiques are normally named specific things. So it could say nautical casual or plus size nautical or, you know, play around with the words that describe your boutique. So normally it would say like Navy Jane and then it would give the little descriptor. Also figure out what colors people want. This might be when you, you know, blend in your, um, new products. You know, um, Lauren actually talked to us about testing out some mommy and me and mommy and me and dog stuff. This would be where you would test it to see if people are biting for that or not. And, um, seeing if it's successful and seeing what colors people are drawn to. Also, um, you might want to throw in, a, a scarf or something. I feel like resort wear, I always have like a shawl or a scarf, you might want to play around with even those accessory style stuff that might fit that same avatar. But um, am I missing any uh, key performance indicators, KPIs, Jacqueline? Um, No, but I was going to say about the scarf, for example, that's something you could source. So it doesn't necessarily have to be something you're actually manufacturing, but that you could source and private label under 
Navy Jane. So just because you guys have clothing lines doesn't mean that you have to, or whatever your product line is, doesn't mean that you have to actually manufacture it all yourself. There could be ways to source and relabel. So I think I agree with Mina. So if we think about the most, the most pieces that you've ever sold to anybody, it would be the Zulily, right? A hundred pieces, more than any retail store you've sold to more than online on your online store. Mm-hmm. Have you yes. sold more than a hundred pieces to a boutique? Um, I actually have, but to one yes. boutique, to one boutique over to one boutique. Okay. So, so the most successful thing that you've had, because let's talk about this as a too, you're not getting returns. No. Right. Right. And the other thing is we've done well. I mean, we haven't had, um, we need a little more time to do the research on returns on the website, but thus far it's been a positive experience on there as well. That's amazing. So what we sort of want you to think about, and if you focus on, is is cultivating your relationship with Zulily and your buyer, your contact there. So I have another client. So when Mina, Mina and I strategize for our, our on-air um, consulting and coaching calls prior to taking the call, um, and one thing we had mentioned was that, or I had mentioned was I have a client right now that I consult. And she actually, her biggest part of her business, she's a multi-million dollar business. And I think a third of her business right now is Zulily. And she has her cost. She has her wholesale. And then she has her price that she sells it to Zulily for. And then they have their price they sell it to their customers for. We were going through this formulation yesterday and it was crazy. Like she gets a three-time markup. She's able to her, she's able to keep her prices down, but she's able to make it that she's still getting her wholesale prices being sold to Zulily, which is technically like off price because of the way the margins are. So for example, she does specialty wear, like specialty clothing, right? Like event-based clothing. Well, they came to her and they said, you're such a good seller on this. We're looking for um, like fall back to school type clothing. Could you do that? And she's like, I think I can. Like she has the buyer, she has a relationship, she knows the customers are there. So she's actually developing a small collection to present to them to sell for back to school. So for you and what Mina was saying was you can ask them, what colors are you looking for? Is there a particular dress that you could go back into production on in a color? If they're saying like, we're going to do a 4th of July theme, for example, well, that's actually a huge thing to think about because of your colors, you blue and white and that sort of thing. Um, are they doing any 4th of July type sales? And could you sell them one to two items that they put into their 4th of July sale? So it doesn't have to be a branded Navy Jane Zulily event. It could be one or two pieces that they throw into these group ideas. So again, back in the day, I had another client. She was actually selling on Etsy and Zulily found her on Etsy, but she was doing mom-specific shirts of moms of kids in dance or basketball or golf. So a shirt that mom, a mom would wear to her kids' dance uh, recital. And they found her and they basically had her do like, if they did a baseball themed one for kids or, you know, all things baseball, they actually threw like a mom of baseball shirt in there. And then if they did the theme for dancing later on in the year, they actually took her shirt and put it in. And she built a huge business, just item specific to what their, what their events were. Yeah. When I did my Zulily sale, which I did like it, I just, it does take 
a little bit more effort. So um, when I did mine, my labels were not a branded event. It was part of a kitchenware one. And so it fit into like the labeling of jars and labeling of spices and things like that. So not at all what I do in real life, but definitely could be folded into their event. So maybe think about, so what Jacqueline is saying, like you could essentially twist you know, or bend your product, the plus size life into these different events, 4th of July, Labor Day, um, Mother's Day, Father's Day, you know, maybe not Father's Day. I don't know why I said that. And it could be um, what outfit to wear for Father's Day. <laughs> right. And celebrate your, your husband. Right. <laughs> by celebrating yourself. <laughs> that was my Mother's Day. My husband celebrated himself on Mother's Day. We went to Costco and bought a TV. I was like, is this Father's Day? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. And then you could do those. You know how you're saying you're moving out of resort wear? Well, that's in my mind, a, a themed event resort, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, you know, or cruise wear. It could also be vacation wear. Um, then you're kind of moving into, let's say you think of it also that you want some staple pieces. So those, basic year-round pieces that could be worn on the East Coast. Like I'm thinking of leisure wear, um, plus size leisure wear. So those are the things that you test out. And then when you start selling a ton of that particular thing on Zulily, you're able to leverage that on other platforms. So you're able to go to, let's say, Stitch Fix, or you're able to go to, gosh, what are some other platforms that that would be, you know, just any sort of collaboration. So you're able to say, this has really sold a ton on Zulily. And we tested out so many different colors. This is the favorite color. This is a favorite cut. It's our staple piece. And I think it would do really well in your box, you know, if it's a subscription box collaboration, or if it's a boutique they could have that knowledge, that research based on, you know, this is where we're getting our orders from. Also with Zulily, aren't you able to tell like regionally where sales are coming from? As a matter of fact, you are. Yeah. What's interesting is when I did, uh, we just did a flash sale on our website and I targeted those areas. Smart. Very smart. I, I really, you know, I have to interject. Um, you all are, I'm smiling because I had a conversation yesterday with Zulily and they've put me in touch with, so I started out, they have someone who starts companies out and then you move into the regular buyer who continues the relationship with you. And this is exactly the conversation we had. Exactly. I said, they loved working with me. I loved working with them. I said, what do you need? What do you see? What did you like? And so I can't help but smile because this is exactly the conversation I had. And I would, as I said, I would like to make Zulily a part of our selling uh, picture, you know, one of our selling avenues. Well, they are already. And when you talk to successful businesses, they tend to have a couple main drivers of their business. So one, you know, one main big account. Um, I worked for Cosabella and Cosabella Neiman Marcus was our main driver. And Neiman Marcus told us what to design at some, you know, they came in and they said, oh, we want this. We don't want that. We want this. And that actually created the collection for everybody else that we sold to. So because you're struggling finding the right fit for your business model and because boutique business is hard. And like you said, and Mina said, it's so niched plus size is so niched and that 
there's these big companies like Lane Bryant and whatnot that mm-hmm. don't really allow for small plus size boutiques to exist independently. They have lots of collections in it. So you could, you could literally build this business off of this one platform, really just like digging in and focusing on them and what their needs are. And even coming up with a production for them monthly, even if it's item driven, right? So like every month, like you thought for Stitch Fix as an example, every month you were in some sort of production program for them, for whatever the theme was, you pre-talk about it and you're like, okay, I'm going to have that for you in September for that sale. I'm going to have that for you in October for that sale. Yeah. It, think of it as your Zulily exclusive. So it's the product that you're coming out with that you're going to do a little bit of research on and it's something that they want to see happen and something that you want to see happen. You don't have to do everything they want you to do, but you already have the skills and you have the resources. And if it works to their benefit, I would love to see you drive traffic to them too. So like on your own website, it would be, hey, we offer a, an exclusive piece every single month in Zulily. And that you're very open in talking about that relationship because I think that it adds to your street cred. You know, having a really big backer in Zulily, it's kind of like there's, you know, that, that partnership. They believe in you, you know, and you believe in them. And then you have an exclusive piece for them and um, and then you can't get it on the website. Now, after the month is over, you might make it available on your website, you know, if it's a great seller and then that way, you know, everything you're testing out is on Zulily's platform because they have the traffic, they have the audience and then you're able to put the winners on publicly onto your website and then have it offered if you have more inventory. Yeah, and also if you have to hit certain minimums, then you have if there's leftover from the sale, you have another distribution channel. The other thing I'd like to add is the colors that aren't, you're not selling that well. I know there's some really bright colors, for example, in your collection that aren't the one that is the the number one, let's say, because it's the summer coming up. I'd be interested if you approach them item driven and like, sometimes I do like pool party or you know how the summer gets really bright. Like I just think about last Mm -hmm. summer with all the big blow up, like pool toys, like the giant, um, pineapple or the donut. Culturally too. I think like a lot of Spanish and even you see it in Miami and everything, they tend to wear brighter colors down in like Miami and um, I think regionally and culturally. Totally. So if you even broke apart some of your collection, you broke it into pieces, like digestible bite-sized pieces that you were able to say like, here's like some are you doing any pool party stories or, or uh, sales or are you doing anything like summer bright, you know, summer cocktails? Because I think like you have pink and white, you've got like that lime green color. Those ones standing on their own merchandised correctly amongst other pieces that are bright and fun. Like think about like the pretty bright beach bag or whatnot that would sell because I'd be like, I want that beach bag. I want that pink and white top versus if you're showing me a pink and white top and a blue and white top longevity wise, I might buy the blue and white because I feel like I'll wear it longer. Yeah. Even think of like Cinco de Mayo. Had you had something in there, like just like what Jacqueline is saying, the boutique is almost like the way of styling it, you know, styling it together. And then there's like the outfit you wear for Cinco de Mayo. There's the margarita cups, you know, visualizing it together. It's a lot easier than seeing it, um, a whole collection. And then instead having it item driven, just like what Jacqueline said. So I love that idea. I actually do too. I think it's phenomenal idea. You know, the question is, does Zulily merchandise it that way? Or do you set the pictures up so that they see the purse? I'm not sure how that goes. The buyer does it. 
the buyer. Mm-hmm. So you want to create that, you want to have an, maybe, an, and I don't know where you left it with the buyer, but you want to have another conversation saying, what are some sales that you have coming up? And like thematically, like I said, the baseball mom one, they would do baseball ones where they sold like baseball things for kids, baseball toys, baseball books, a shirt for a mom to wear for baseball. Like it's themed. If you, if you go on Zulily, you can see they've got the branded, which branded means it's a Navy Jane sale and it's all Navy Jane. Or they have, um, like we said, like Labor Day or Memorial Day sale or Father's Day and they've like top 10 get, or top gifts to get dad sort of. So you want to find out what upcoming sales are that they have. And then you could then pitch back to them and say, I think this item would be great for this or these three items. And then we could talk about whether, and I don't know what you think about this, Mina, but like if she does create like a board that pitches it to them, or she just comes back to them and says like, this would be great for 4th of July. This would be great for, you know, your pool party pinata group. Yeah. I would just offer some suggestions. I think that the buyer ultimately makes the decision. Remember, it's all about the buyer and not about you. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't want to like step on any toes or anything like that, but definitely offer them suggestions and um, give them a little bit of your knowledge. Like I know, you know, like I think this would be great for Cinco de Mayo. And I think that the bright colors would really lend to your overall event or whatever. Um, Also, I know that you've struggled in the past with email content. I think that this would be an automatic way to create content for your email list. So every month you're sending out the special event that's happening with Zulily and maybe your featured product within your website. So two things, your special product at a special price for Zulily and maybe a featured product in your website. So it automatically gives you something to write about instead of just, you know, throwing out a discount of some sort. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I think I'm just writing some of these ideas down. I think (laughs) think it's absolutely wonderful. Um, I think it's great. Uh, Guess what? This is a podcast. You can listen back to it. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. I don't have to write it down. Oh my God. Hey guys. We just need to interrupt the podcast for a minute. You know what would be so exciting for product business owners? Reoccurring revenue and reoccurring sales. You know what else? Multiple streams of revenue and brilliant ideas. This is why we're over the moon about our partnership with CreateJoy, the all-in-one subscription box solution. They are passionate about helping you start and scale your subscription box. Amazing, right? What's even better is they are offering our listeners a free two-week trial to test out the back end of CreateJoy and experience how easy it would be for you to add a subscription box as another stream of revenue for your business. You may be thinking this idea is so out of the box, <laughs> pun intended, but guess what? It could lead to huge things for your business. It gives you an opportunity to test CreateJoy out. No credit card required, no obligation, while asking yourself, Would an added revenue stream benefit my business? Um, yeah. So join us. Sign up for the free two-week trial run. Again, no credit card required, no obligation, and see what it's like to be a subscription boss. The link is in the show notes. I think leaning into this and making this something that you really focus on and see what out of all the product you're sitting on, what you have that you can set up a sale for pieced out for the next few months. And what did the buyer say anything to you about that? Like, where did you guys leave it? 
Um, actually, she's away. I spoke okay. to a different buyer. So I'm actually going to talk to her assistant today just to keep formulating the relationship. And then I'll, I'll talk with her tomorrow or I'm sorry, next week. So what I would suggest you do with the, when you talk to the buyer is I would really like to be a part of some of your themed sales for plus size. I think that there's that need in the market. And even if it's, you know, single item, could you send me a list of sales that you have coming up that perhaps I can suggest certain items in my my line for you and I could tell you what I have open to sell. So open to sell means you've got inventory, it's ready to go. Then this is probably not something for the assistant to talk about, but when you talk directly to the buyer, you can ask them, what are your needs? What are your needs for plus size? What are you missing? What do you need? What are you looking to do? And they might tell you like, we really need holiday dresses or we really need da-da-da. You don't have to do everything for everybody. Like if holiday dresses is not your thing, or it might be like, you know what? I actually have some pieces coming out. I'm going to show you what they look like and see if you can get them. If you could get them saying like, yeah, we want those two black dresses and we want them for our, our December collection. You actually know that you have what we talked about in the beginning, almost like this purchase order against uh, what you need. Exactly. Um, long-term with all of these sort of flash sale sites, long-term, if you really create big business with them, they'll actually start creating purchase orders for you. So instead of it just being like, I have a hundred and you see what sells out of that hundred, long-term, mm-hmm. they might actually order a hundred from you. Okay. Perfect. And, say, and then it's theirs to deal with because they know they're going to, you know, so I, I love this. I love the idea of you really focusing on how to cultivate this relationship, especially with your product, because they can put things on sale pretty quickly. Yeah, that's great. I, I think that's wonderful. I encourage you never to bring up that plus size model thing ever again. Never. <laughs> like, don't ever bring it up to them. Don't say that it was on the wrong size model. Just let it go and bury it, bury it. Um, and just say, I would, you know, in that email that you initially sent out to them, I would say, um, I really want to know what themes are coming out so I can suggest uh, or I can piece together some photos that would be appropriate for your sale and really. Um, you know, beef up the sales, it, you know, on my end. So it's a way of giving them what they need. You know, you're giving them better photos, but not saying that that's because they didn't, you know, provide it for you. Okay, so, great. So just say, you know, I just want to make sure that we get the best photos possible. And I've, you know, creating kind of content theme driven pieces or photos with my photographer. And I want to see what's coming up. So can we can really maximize this sale. Okay. And with, Sounds great. with that said for budget, if you all of a sudden have a commitment on three or four styles, one color even, like the three or four styles, that's what you go back and shoot. You don't shoot the whole collection again because we want to basically make money off of this collection. Some of it will sell, some of it won't, for example. And hopefully like the more you increase sales on Zulily, it drives traffic to your site. But maybe right now, then you just focus on three to four pictures that you need. It's a cheaper photo shoot, you know? Yeah, and, and there's... Is there plus size dress forms? There are, right? So she could actually have like a few styles that were on a model and a few that are on a dress form, you know, so they get the idea, a plus size dress form. So they get the Mm -hmm. idea of what that looks like. Because I think a lot of the photos on Zulily, they're not 100% on a model or on like a kid. Some of them are just laid out, you know? So I think that as long as you have some to refer to and they know where things hit, I think it should be okay if you don't have the whole collection on a model. Okay. That sounds great. 
That sounds great. I just but think professional photos. <laughs> right. We still need better pictures. Um, I think that's, you know, was very um, clear that it, it, they just weren't, they weren't up to par. But the better pictures are from you as well, Lauren. So like you said in the beginning, you sort of figured this all out on your mm-hmm. own, which is impressive. And if anyone goes to your website, the shots that you took are impressive. Like they're beautiful. They're with like, you know, um, like ships in the background, you're on a dock, like they're, they're beautiful. Um, but as we discussed in our previous podcast, it was basically knowing the need of your, knowing what your photos need to do for you and getting the photos that you need. So be it Instagram photos, um, you know, things for Pinterest, things for your website, things for lookbooks and editorial stuff. So it's just, you're still on, you're technically still within your first collection. So you're still in this learning phase. So we'll, we'll figure that out. And once you create this relationship with your buyer, you create a good relationship with your buyer, they are your partner in this, you will find out exactly what they need and they'll suggest to you as well. Yeah, I think that's great. I love this at least leaning into it and seeing what it's going to be like and then seeing, you know, because I think Zulily also, they're in learning curve as well. Even when I did my sale and I reached, they reached out to me actually recently, their model has changed a little bit, like their platform. So um, like the behind the scenes stuff. Um, so I think they'll continue to grow. They're adjusting with their vendors as well. So you can kind of, you know, account for that too. Platforms are growing as well and Zulily being one of them. So it's just kind of like you're, you're going on that journey with them. So what I wanted to talk about was what I wanted to sort of lead us into. So do you feel com- confident then in this, in this sort of like decision for sales of something that you're going to focus on and try and cultivate and grow? Yes, I do. I think it sounds like a great um, decision and a great way to go. Okay. Because moving forward, your fall collection, your spring, summer, 2019 collection, all can be sold and driven through Zulily. Like literally this could be your platform and you'd be making the money you need to make for what your cost is to selling them wholesale to them selling it discounted retail to your, your mm-hmm. customers. So this is a really great business model that they have, they have access to so many more customers online than any of us do on our website, right? And like Mina said, as you start to do really well, you'll be able to then pitch these items or pitch your business to bigger online stores even and saying like, this is how we're doing and and they'll buy into it. Mina and I are actually launching another group coaching program come the fall. So we have a huge wait list uh, right now for our coaching. They've signed up for our mastermind coaching to be notified when we're launching. So here's our official launch. We are going to be launching in September again. (laughs) (laughs) But um, we wanted, Lauren, we wanted to speak to you because you've actually gone through our programs. So you've coached with, like we said, you've coached one-on-one with me. Mm -hmm. You've been a part of our group twice now, like our coaching mastermind. Mm -hmm. You've been a part of it. And I just wanted to ask you how being a part of a group coaching program and, and that community, how that has benefited your business? Like how is that how has that helped you from where you were last fall to maybe now where you are today? Well, I think that, gosh, in so many, there's, there's so many points I can um, touch upon. I think, you know, as an entrepreneur working on your own, you feel a loneliness and sometimes you can get into your own head. So I think one of the nice things about working with a group like this is you have this place where you can openly share those feelings of angst or insecurity with people who understand it. 
So there's a general understanding of where you are. And what's also nice is people have been through different phases. Everyone's at a different phase. So there's a lot of empathy as to where you are with something that might be, you know, where they've moved out of it. So that, that's a really nice thing. You, you know, what's, what's also nice is, so here you have these two leaders who both give you great information who have different backgrounds. So you're getting that from the leadership, but then as you go around to the other group members, you're getting their experiences as well. So they're bringing their experiences and their input into your, where you are. So that is just a wealth of information. But I found that to be so important to me at this point. Um, I struggle with that loneliness feeling since I, since this is such a new sort of playground for me, a lot of the growth and a lot of the lows have been harder for me to manage. So when I talk to people in the group, I get a lot of support for that. And that's been very helpful. And it's been helpful, you know, holding you accountable. So I get excited about like, so-and-so gave me that advice. So, you know, I want to make sure I do it so that then, you know, I, not that I don't follow through in things, but I, it kind of gives you a little motivation to, you know, have people be, everybody wants people to be impressed with themselves. You know, you always want that feeling, especially if you're giving them your vulnerable side as well. So I think that the group just gives you so much. For me, it's been a very emotional thing. It's also been giving me suggestions about ways I can sell. And also, if I'm looking for something, am I looking for someone to, a better way to ship things that's more affordable? Am I looking for, you know, packaging? So the group gives you so many different things as information, as different directions you can take your business, and then, of course, the support from the group. So I, I found it immensely. Uh, I, you know, right now we're on a little hiatus. I miss everyone. So um, that's a great feeling. And you're even, you're traveling out West. You're going to be meeting up with a couple people from your group, right? I am actually. Um, I am. I'm going to meet with, um, there's a company called Skylar U and they are a t-shirt. She's a feminist and she makes these really cool t-shirts that have great sayings on them. And so they live in, um, she and her husband own this company and we're going to meet up and have coffee and, you know, it feels mm-hmm. like old friends. I love that. Cause we also have a couple from your group, a couple, uh, companies that were both in Arizona and they actually have very different businesses, but very similar. And they use similar, um, things like crystals, let's say. And so they can actually order together and share these crystals or, um, crystals to go on clothing. We actually, in your group had several clothing brands, but there's also others, um, that, you know, did, uh, like paper product or, um, what else we had food in there. Yeah. So many different ones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I think, so, so, how about that that merge, let's say? So you are a fashion business. Oh, I know that you even linked up with, we have another person in there that was doing um, postpartum underwear, yes. for example. And you are actually a labor and delivery nurse. I am. So, so that connection. 
Right. That's another thing. I actually, in some ways, I'd love to be her salesperson because <laughs> I have so many different places. But that's a perfect example. I actually put her in touch with this company, the Sturdy Hinge, I keep coming back to, but she does part maternity. So I put her in touch with the owner of that company. And then I reached out to a couple of the nurse managers I know. So it's very true. You really, people have different connections that they can help you with. So it's really, it, honestly, it's one of the greatest things. I, I really, like I said, I can't wait to go back to it. I miss all my people. <laughs> yeah. Our mastermind was a little bit, I always call it a hybrid just because I love that word, but it was a hybrid of group coaching and masterminding. So mostly masterminds are where you only hear from each other and there's people facilitating. Whereas group coaching is where you know, the leaders or the facilitators are actually coaching. Uh, they do the actual coaching. Ours was both. So it was, it was the best of both worlds. And um, I would say it just gave people somewhere to like really think about what would move their business forward. Um, so do you feel like your business has been impacted as far as like moving you forward and... Oh, immensely, immensely. So I you know, got away from the um, trade show. You know, I stopped spending money there. Getting onto Zulily has also been, you know, not only, I, I, I spoke about it with Jacqueline privately, but talking to people and hearing their experiences really helped a lot. So um, it's moved my sales forward. Also, here's another thing that I love that, that we did. The first, when we all introduced ourselves to each other, the first quote-unquote assignment, which I loved, was to look at each other's websites and give feedback. So I had been coming from, a, this is when I first started working with Jacqueline, I'd been coming from a totally different place. And my website really wasn't great, but I wasn't aware of it because the person I had checked with told me it was great, but who I had worked with prior to that time. So that was a great experience. So now I've elevated my website. I've gone to different selling avenues. And then I, of course, I'm part of this great group of support, you know, and even just this call. I mean, this, this, this topic could have been one of, there's a hot seat. So everyone has a hot seat day. So that means that you really get to talk about your company and what your issues are. So if this was my hot seat, and we were talking sales, I'd be getting the input I have from you all, but then I'd also be hearing from my other colleagues, so to speak. And that, you know, that's, we've done that before. And it's just moved me forward so much in through sales, um, getting through some of the difficult points. And also the wins. Cause I think Lauren, for you, sometimes it's hard for you to remember your wins. And so that's yes. what we talk about in our calls where we we start our coaching with, um, with what your win was of the week or two weeks. And because you and I work one-on-one -on -one together, sometimes I'd have to remind Lauren, like, hey, Lauren, you just had an exceptional sale and sold all of this. Or, you know, you did sell <laughs> thousands of dollars worth of product on Zulily. And so I think mindset is something that we all deal with. And by yes. having, we've also talked about this, our friends, our spouses don't always get it you know, our family members, they don't always get what we're dealing with. And so we've tried to create this community for everyone, including Nina and I, of people that speak our language and get the struggle of having a physical product 
based business and what you do with it and how you sell it and how you have tons of it sitting in your basement or your garage or your bedroom or wherever it ends up being. Yeah, it's a huge risky business. I feel like that unless you have a physical product that is infringing on your space in home, at home, you have no idea. Um, so like, you know, it's like the, our whole entire basement um, is an inventory space. But I think that the main thing too is that just getting those people to really connect with and help you through it and getting some sort of guidance is really, really helpful. Um, a lot of us feel that when we're testing things out, those are failures and it makes you feel, makes you feel, you know, upset and discouraged. But when you get the feedback, which I always say failures feedback, I get that from, um, project life mastery. He always says that, but then you get to, you know, go through that feedback with other people it's so much better than going through that feedback by yourself. And so you're able to really assess what worked, what really didn't work, what do I you know, not need to do again, and how can I really leverage this opportunity? Just like um, how I was saying about the, the photos, you know, what you learn from that is that you should handle the photos for Zulily now. You know, so even just like pointing that out and just being like, okay, you know, got to keep track of my days, got to keep track of, you know, how di- these different things that I want to cultivate with my buyer, then um, it just helps because you have a sounding board, tons of sounding boards, lots of sounding boards. And, and then it doesn't make it seem like a failure. It's true feedback, you know? Well, and to your point, one of the other things that I found um, especially impressive with this particular group is that you all approach it First of all, I never felt like I didn't meet a goal because what you all do that's, I think, unique is you all look at the whole being and the whole process. So you, since you all have children, you are looking, you know, for example, you said, what are people's wins? Well, it doesn't have to just be a win with the company. There was someone who got a promotion in their job. There was someone who got babysitting so that she could work better. So, or, you know, a nanny so that she could, you know, have more time to work. So what I like, especially about this particular group is that you, you look at like, we all have commitments. We all have issues that are personal. So I, in particular, take care of two, my elderly parents. Well, that's like taking care of children, you know? So that all does play into your success as an entrepreneur. And I think that's really unique that you all look at the whole picture, not just, you know, because if you're just to look at the company, then you're missing that part of you. And the part of you, you have to be in a good place to get that rocking, to get that company moving along. So I think that's a very unique angle. And I suspect a lot of masterminds don't do that. And I think that's exceptional. I really do. Thanks. I think it's giving permission. So um, even for us, it's giving you permission to still be a human being or an entrepreneur that has, like you said, life happening and then how to run your business. Because if we were corporations and we had teams and staff and assistants and everything else, then yeah, our life wouldn't be something that we had to talk about because like, if you can't show up at your job, you're not doing your job. But because 
we do have commitments to family members, children, um, trips, that sort of thing. And if you are your business and you get sick or you have to go out of town for a wedding and your business has to stop, how do you navigate that? And also permission to, like you said, get extra help at home so that you could commit more time to business or vice versa. That particular person got extra help and realized, you know, that wasn't what she wanted. She wanted to spend more time with her kids. And so we allowed her that as well. Like you don't have to grow your business huge or so fast if your work-life balance falls out. Right. And so that was her realizing that was okay. In our current mastermind, actually, we had somebody decide that they didn't want to do their business anymore. And so that was another like huge thing that happened in one of our groups. And that's okay too, because people pivot like your first business doesn't have to be your last business. And 10 years from now, your business will change. And so even just in the services you offer, the products you offer. So also having these things to meet or these points to meet, seeing the back end of other people's businesses and then realizing like, you know what? Like the passion's kind of gone from this. Like, do I have permission to end this? Yeah. You do. It's your life and you get to make those choices and we're sort of here to support you no matter yeah, what. I really, do. I have to say that's just been, uh, it's just been a really great experience um, on so many levels, especially coming to the table with limited experience as an entrepreneur and even in fashion. Um, you know, it's really been very, very helpful to me in navigating how to grow my business and make decisions. Yeah. We've loved having you. So um, like I said, we are launching this program again in September. It's going to be a six-month program. And the reason that we believe strongly in the six months is that what we saw in your program is that you guys started off with an initial three months and everybody, pretty much everybody signed up to stay on for the, an additional three months. So six months was this good time of really getting to know each other's companies, us getting to know your companies and being able to work through something. So by launching ours September through... March, we're hoping to help everybody through the holiday season, which is a huge time for sales for everyone, plus the halo period, the halo sales. So Mina, did you want to talk more on that? Yeah, there is a term. I don't know if it's just Amazon, but I use it for everywhere where after the holiday season, you get a halo. And this is the people that are still in shopping mode and are you get those additional sales. And so the holiday is really the home stretch and then getting into halo season. So you start out the beginning of the year really on the uphill incline of, you know, getting lots of sales. So it really helps when you have other people supporting you through that. So that's kind of why the six month period for us, I really think that it's when we start really impacting your business. So the first three months you're getting to know each other, you're testing some things out and you might get feedback by then. But you don't get a chance to pivot and really utilize that feedback. So in that last three months, you're able to pivot like what you realize after the feedback and then see the results of that pivot too, where you'll probably have to pivot again. You know, it's like, it's like what we always say, Jacqueline and I, is what, that, we, that you need to iterate. So these are just all the iterations that you're making, but you're doing it with a group of people that know you very, very well and that can help you through it emotionally, personally, and everything. So if, if you are, if our listeners are interested in becoming or getting on our wait list, because we do have limited spots for this program for September through March, how do they get on our wait list? 
Um, you go to www.theproductboss.com slash mastermind. We love feedback from our clients. And so um, from the three masterminds that we've done this year, we basically have asked them at the end, what did you find useful? What didn't you find useful? And how could we help improve that? And so the usefulness was more about the the timing of it all, like the long, like we said, like the long-term commitment and the, I think a lot of people like the accountability. And so the, every other, we meet every two weeks, but then also having access to us in between that. And we have some really exciting things like buddy programs, things like that, that we are going to launch and, and let you know about, but we're excited about it. And Lauren, we'd obviously love to have you back in oh, our I'm group. Coming back. I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in conclusion to our interview and coaching with you, um, I do have our, our questions that we like to ask at the end. Sure. All right. You ready? It's fine. I'm ready. Okay. So it's going to be ra- rapid fire questions with your answers. Okay. So the first one is what is your coffee order? Oh, uh, triple shot latte decaf. Nice. Ooh, love it. <laughs> it's a $9 drink right there. <laughs> um, what's the favorite thing on your desk? Or in your workspace? My phone. Perfect. Okay, so this leads us into our next thing. Finish the sentence. When I pick up my phone, I... Check my messages. And then you wish you knew how to... Sing. Oh, that's interesting. Um, what was the last show you binge watched? Oh, God. The real... I, you know, I don't have Netflix. So probably... Actually, the, I almost missed a flight watching... Um, I think it was, uh, what is that one with, it was about the drug, the meth, the teacher that was the Breaking meth. Bad. Breaking Bad. That's a good one. <laughs> the that. teacher was the meth guy. And I almost heard you say Real Housewives, which I am a fan of. <laughs> oh my God, I'm totally. Which ones do you watch? Um, Beverly Hills, but then now that I live in New Jersey, I feel like I need to start watching the Jersey one. <laughs> I love Beverly Hills, but I love Vanderpump Rules. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I love Vanderpump Rules. Same, same. Yeah. Um, okay. So what should the title on your business card actually say? That's a really good question. I know. Learn, I pal. I, you know, just words keep coming out of my mind. So I'm just going to kindness, love, caring, non-judgmental. Um, I, I can't think of a, what a title to that, but, but I have a suggestion. Driven. It should say, what should the title of my business card say? Because you're seriously one of the most open people ever. You, you're exactly those things, kind and loving and non-judgmental, and um, you're always very positive. So I think that a lot of the times you'll say that, question and you'll be like, what do you think? You know, what do you think say? And you're open to it all. So yes, I mean maybe open would be the best word. <laughs> I want to say like care bear for all because you care. Oh yeah. In our group coaching with you, you were just so supportive of everybody and then offering like suggestions of how you could help them with their businesses. Like you're like, I'm gonna call this person and tell them how I could do this. So all like putting others in front of yourself. So your last question, and it could be like, you know, Beyonce, but do you have an alter ego or stage persona? No. That's okay. I'm not now. sure. I have no idea. I, I'm not really even an alter ego. No, I don't. I need one. I, I need to do like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I need to have one that's like, I don't know. 
like your no, game face one. Like if you're going to go into like a game face one, like if you're going to go into a business meeting, like turn, that's what I'm saying. Like turn yourself. Oh, in. okay. You, you may not have it now, but that's something to think about. Like you might want to give yeah, yourself like I a don't. flash of fears. You know, it's funny when I go into a business meeting or something like that, I just think of these words. My mother always told me is the world is your oyster. You can do anything you want. Nice. So that's kind of, but I like that inner Beyonce thing. I'll have to start finding someone to be like, but I, that's what I really think about is that I truly can do anything. And, you know, um, I've already, you know, I went from working on wall street to becoming a nurse to now doing this. So I just believe that you can do whatever you want and you find a way. So, awesome. but I'm going to look for that the alter ego. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't have to be somebody crazy bold. I think that this is something I mentioned when we did aff- affirmations, but somebody had said to Jacqueline that she was very fierce and she did not like that word. It reminds me of Sasha Fierce for Beyonce. And I said, but you are fierce. You're just a quieter. You have the inner fierceness, you know, she is fierce, but it's more, you know, inner fierceness. It's not like, oh, yeah, I would agree, you know? And so I think it's just something that fits with you that you can really pull out of yourself as far as like, you know, going to a meeting, maybe it's just like that outward kindness of confidence, confident, confident yeah. kindness or something, you know? Or mermaid because the world's your oyster. So like you're going to be mermaid face. Yeah, I'm going to work. Do you not know if it is working? Okay. So tell our listeners how they can find your, where they can find you. So we are online at www.shopnavyjane.com. And that's our website. And you can always contact me at contact at shopnavyjane.com. And on Facebook, it's Shop Navy Jane as well. On Facebook and Instagram, it's also Shop Navy Jane. So thank you so much for being a guest on The Product Boss. We'll have you, we'll talk to you all next week. Yeah, thanks Well, so thank much. you so much. I loved it. Hey, you guys, we're adding a new special series on Fridays to the Product Boss podcast feed called Subscription Boss. We want to change lives by showing you how to become a successful subscription box business owner. Our plan is twofold. First, we're giving you step-by-step episodes of how to get this reoccurring revenue done. And second, we get you on the right platform to pull this off. That's where CrateJoy comes in. They're our partner in this in an all-in-one subscription box marketplace that you can sell on. We get you in front of their 3 million monthly website views for extra visibility. With both of those combined, we can really make some magic happen. So let's do it. Join us every Friday for Subscription Boss episodes right here on the Product Boss podcast feed. We'll see you there.